Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to kick off the second half of the show is Cheryl Hale. She's joining us to talk about her new book, Girl Be Brave, 100 Days to Chart Your Course. Good morning, Cheryl. Good morning. I love the backstory about uh, this book with has to do with your grandmother. Could you share that with the listeners? Certainly. My grandmother grew up in rural Alabama during the Depression. She dropped out of school, married young, had five rowdy children. Whoa. Four boys and my mom would tag along. <laughs> well, my granddad, he left my grandmother back in the 1950s, and that was the time there was no social structure to support a single mom. So my mom was raised by a single mother at a time where there was even a, a stigma associated with that. I was super close to Francis growing up. Fast forward 2016, and my mom has breast cancer. Oh. It's Christmas time, and I said, Mom, let's break out my grandmother's Bible. Okay. Well, she had written a, just a heart-wrenching letter to her estranged husband and her children, admonishing them to be good people. The very last line of the letter said, Girl, be brave. And I looked at my mom, and I said, Mom, we're going to do something like this. Oh, yeah. Here's her mom speaking to her from a letter 60 years prior at the very moment that my mom needed the most bravery she'd probably ever have. Mm. That is so powerful. It was powerful for us, and that was what inspired me to share it. I thought as much as it meant to us, we were not the only people that needed to hear that. Yeah. And was that typically how your grandmother spoke? Like, could you imagine those words coming out of her? Like, just anything that would inspire you? No, she was just so meek and so quiet and so humble. I really felt like it was just, I don't know, it was amazing to me that here she was telling my mother to be brave in the midst of her her battle with breast cancer, and that we had never read this before, that we had never noticed it before, the letter. So I was amazed by all of it. Sometimes these things surprise you in life. They come at you at the right time when you need it most. I'm grateful for that. Yes. So tell me what what came about after that. So you decided to do this book, and what was that process like? That was very interesting. We started first with a product line. I wanted to have um, gifts and things like that to give people that were going through difficult times. We started that way, and then we started putting out um, daily motivational content. Mm -hmm. I had an episode a few years back raising two teenagers, and had a conflict with one of my children, and I was so disappointed in myself for how I handled it. And I thought to myself, I acted like a teenager, you know, parenting fail. Well, I had this little voice in my heart that said, you're not at the mercy of your inadequacy. So I took that to mean I might have done something wrong, and I may have not always be uh, the best parent imaginable. I make mistakes, Mm -hmm. but I'm not at the mercy of that. There's grace. Well, when I started Girl Be Brave, I was just thinking about content, thinking about sharing my heart with people. And I thought, well, if that meant so much to me, there are other people who want need to hear that. Right. So I shared that with people, and from there it took off, and now we put out daily motivational content. Amazing. I feel like this applies to people of all ages. Oh, it definitely does. It definitely does. From younger girls to more established women, it really affects all of us. It's the common thread, the need for bravery throughout life. Do you have girls? I have one daughter and one son. Yeah. What does she think of your book? Oh, she loves it. She absolutely loves it. They've all been very supportive. That's great. That's great. Um, Because sometimes we take 
the experiences we go through as parents, the struggles, the mistakes, everything, and we put it into something, and it's very, very meaningful. Um, the name of my show is Get the Funk Out. So I love it. Thank you. So what do you do when you are in a funk, when you are in a low moment? What do you do to take care of yourself? Oh, that's a very good question, and I do struggle with this area. I tend to push and push and push and try to ignore um, the need for rest and uh, refreshment. I'm one to spend a lot of time alone when I'm in a low spot. That seems to be what helps me the most. I like to walk. Mm-hmm. I like to hike. I like to walk, and I like to spend time alone with my thoughts right. and kind of sort through the messy parts that get going on up there. Yes. They do get messy, don't they? I mean, I find that I listen to music without lyrics, actually, something instrumental, and I feel better after that hour-long walk. It just it helps clear the mind. I don't know. It just, I was thinking about it today. I was like, okay, why am I resisting the quiet? I, that's how I know something's going on. Mm-hmm. Like, why am I resisting the quiet? Why am I feeling myself and pushing myself so hard? I need to be still for a minute or go for a walk. Something to quiet my mind and get myself prepared for the holiday season. Right. I was actually telling my daughter how even adults need to take a break from what it, whatever it is they're doing, just like teens need to take a break from their homework and go watch whatever, Netflix, or do something, a hobby, because in those moments that you take a break, a breather, um, you kind of recharge, and then you're ready to get back to life. Absolutely agree, and I think it helps us be more creative, too. Yes. When we can still the mess in there, that's where our creativity starts to come back more easily, and we can think more clearly. We're able to give more, really, of ourselves to the people we love. Absolutely. So do you want to share, because you, you have 100 reflections in Girl Be Brave, encouraging women to face their fears, embrace their future, and discover that they are braver than they ever thought possible. And if you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Cheryl Hale. Um, do you want to share a couple things with us? Certainly. This one here, I would like to say that my heart is in these pages, but I do not come at this from the vantage point that I know more than anybody else. This really is kind of a personal journal of reflection of the things that I've dealt with in life or that my family's dealt with in life and what comes from that. Letting go of regret. This is day 58. Letting go of regret is forgiveness we give to ourselves. Let's face it, no one is making it out of this life in the same pristine condition that they entered it. You and I both have made mistakes over the years. Some mistakes were major, some of them jaw-dropping. I'm speaking from experience on that one. As if the mistake alone wasn't enough to bring us down, we prolong its impact by keeping it alive long after the consequences have faded. We replay it faithfully, and in doing so, tear down our self-confidence with every outtake. Let go of regret. Forgive yourself. Be free. Everyone makes mistakes. Everyone. No one has the right to judge you, so stop judging yourself and move on with your life. Regret is a heavy load. I hate that if-only feeling. The past can't be changed. Trust me, I've checked. All we can do is forgive ourselves for not being perfect, for not knowing everything all of the time, and then release that burden. Mm. I love that. Oh, it's... It's, it's, I think women especially, we carry around a lot of what if. What if I had been better at this? Or what if I would handled this situation better than I did? And that can really be a huge burden, and it tears down our self-confidence. I just really believe that. It, there's no way to be confident when you're constantly worrying about your past mistakes. So when you wrote that, did you feel like you were talking to yourself? 
I do with the whole book. I feel that way. Yeah. I feel like I'm talking to myself and the things just, you know, now I'm an empty nester and that has its own set of struggles and starting a new career over the age of 40. So I have a lot going on in my own life. And so a lot of this is just what I've discovered as I'm going through the process of life myself. But you have to realize starting a new career over the age of 40, there are so many people double your age that are athletic and doing amazing things. You're a, you're young. <laughs> you, you, don't beat yourself up, you know? <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's just learning to do new things, stepping outside of the box, sure. leaving that comfort zone behind. Yes. I think that's something that's familiar to us all. It's uncomfortable. It's scary. No doubt about it. It's scary. <laughs> but what's the alternative? God forbid you couldn't do something that you would love to do, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I guess t- to have gratitude is so important. It is so important. And to even be thankful for the difficult times. I think it's important to not only be grateful for the good, but I have learned so many things through the difficulties, through the things where I thought, man, I can't do this. <laughs> I can't. But it turns out a lot of the things I think I can't do, I really can. And I think it's that way for everyone. Yes. I know. I don't know about you. Don't you feel like rejection has fueled you to do other things? Like if you let that suppress you and then you think, oh, yeah, I I really can't do that. I'm not good at that. And you don't move forward. That's terrible. But if you use that to move forward into something else or just ignore the rejection and just move with what you believe in, that's the best. Oh, I agree. And I think rejection is such a powerful motivator. I've tried to talk to my children about this. You can't take that personally. Just because somebody rejects something about you, it really is more about them than you. You have to embrace what you believe to be true and walk in your truth, regardless yes. of whom rejects it, rejects it or if it doesn't work out the way you want it to, you have to be true to yourself. Yes. I remember uh, getting laid off in Boston in my early 20s, and I felt like my whole life was crashing down. And and I called up the head of the company because it was a small company. It was a consulting firm. And I said, can you just transfer me to like San Francisco? Because I didn't really like living in Boston at the time. And he says, you know, we can't. We're closing all these offices. Um, we were a consulting firm for the financial services industry. industry. And I thought, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do for work? And I, in a blink, uh, some colleagues that, were, that had gone to Syracuse that were older than, than I was, they employed me to do freelance work. Oh, wow. Like the next week. Yeah. Wow. The next week, yeah. So it's just... And what seems like sometimes... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. What seems sometimes, I think, as a door closes, we have to realize there really are new opportunities on the horizon. Right. And you might be scared, but sometimes it's the best things that ever happened. Exactly. You know? Exactly. What else would you like people to know about your book? Well, I would like for them to know that Girl Be Brave and the sale of my book and my products that we have established a Girl Be Brave scholarship fund. I was so excited this year we were able to give away three partial scholarships. And I always felt like if Frances had been educated, which she was not, which was very common of the geography and the time, that her life would have been different, my mother's life would have been different, and it probably would have even trickled down to my own life. And I think education is so important. And so it's an honor for me to be able to do that on her behalf. That's beautiful. I feel like you've really honored your grandmother in so many ways. 
and I really wanted to. She suffered a lot, a very difficult life in a lot of ways, and she always took that without complaining. She was the most generous person I know. And so to see how she suffered in so many ways, now that is being turned into a very powerful thing to encourage and help other young girls and women have better lives. Do you have any advice for people listening, um, whether it's a teenager or an adult, who are struggling right now? I do. I, I would say don't be afraid of the hard stuff. We all go through it. Right. It's very common. Nobody's going, getting out of this life without some crushing, some pain, some discomfort. But don't be afraid of it. You're going to be okay. Even when things are not okay, you're still going to be okay. Don't be afraid of the hard things. You can, you can make it through it. Just pick yourself up as best you can and keep moving forward with your life. You bet. Cheryl, thank you so much for calling into the show. Girl, Be Brave, 100 Days to Chart Your Course. Congratulations on your book. Thank you so much for having me. And happy holidays. You too, you too. Thanks, bye-bye. That was Cheryl Hale calling in. Uh, she's joining us to talk about her new book. And all the info is on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kci.org. And if you miss any part of this, it will be up on my show blog uh, within an hour after I wrap. Again, if you want to find out about being a guest on the show in the new year, just shoot me an email to Janine, J-A-N, E-A-N-E at K-U-C-I dot org. And uh, the complete archive of all my shows since I've been here in, since 2007, can't believe that, is up on my show blog. Again, get the funk out show dot K-U-C-I dot org. We're going to listen to a little Zepparella. Um, well, actually, what I'm going to do is we'll listen to Zepparella at the end of the show. But right now we're going to play an interview I did with uh, director, writer, award-winning producer, Catherine Dudley Rose, she's joining us, she was joining me, to talk about her film Parallel Chords, uh, which has won lots of accolades. So we'll listen to that right now. All right, we are back. That was another one. Sure, sure. That song is called Fat Lady. We are going to chat right now with award winning producer, writer, and director Catherine Dudley Rose. Good morning. Good morning. I was actually at the La Femme Film Festival last year when you won, and you you took are kidding me. No, <laughs> I thought that was super cool. Um, I entered a script I had written. Um, I was one of fifteen uh, screenwriters at the festival, and I was like, "Wait a minute, this is fantastic!" I know her. She was been on my show before. Yay! Yeah, you won. Well, I I kind of lost my emotions when I accepted the uh, writing award. That's huh? okay. <laughs> got a little teary. Oh, to be expected. I mean, these are our babies. You, you, you write this, <laughs> produce sure. this. You put so much energy. I want to mention um, you were a winner of Best Feature Writer at the La Femme International Film Festival. You also won uh, Best Narrative Feature. You've won Best Cinematography, Production Design. It's How does this feel to you? Wow. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it feels it feels great, but you know, I I never realized how long a journey it would be to not just like finish the film, but then like with the short I I did the festival circuit, so I was familiar with that. But then moving into the marketplace, that's where it's like what? Right. It's so challenging. Oh my goodness. So crazy. I want to mention you were on my show. Uh, when you did this film, Parallel Chords, when it was a short, uh, yes. it's a true story of a young violin struggling to assert her individuality amidst the intense pressure of her pianist father. Um, tell me how this 
story gravitated toward you towards you? Um, well, it is loosely autobiographical. Um, you know, my father was a classical concert pianist, and he was the inaugural performer for A.V. Fisher Hall, so, in Lincoln Center. Um, so that's kind of a high, high level of, uh, perfection is required for that. And, um, so growing up, you know, I was kind of groomed to be along his side, and, uh, you know, I, I do consider it a fictional piece because it's sculpted and, and there's a lot of thought that's gone into just making it structurally sound, but um, there's definitely inspiration from uh, that feeling of being too close to someone and not knowing how to uh, stand up for yourself and, 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 you know, create your own identity when you're in the shadow of someone else who really needs you to be there. Right. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I was, I was uh, inspired to kind of see if that could work on a page. And, um, yeah. So, Catherine, what made you decide to take this from the short to a feature? Um, well, so it's a little complicated because I wrote the feature script first, which... Oh. Um, I was in New York at the time, and, uh, you know, I'm an actor and a director and a musician and a writer, and mm-hmm. I was with um, a theater company in uh, downtown uh, New York, and um, I just, I, I, I ended up writing the feature, not really expecting much to happen from it, but uh, it got some traction, a lot of the people that I was friends with and working with were much older than me and had more established relationships as writers and I just kind of passed it around to say hey give me some feedback and a free copy because every copy (laughs) 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 and then I ended up optioning it like within the first year of my first draft of it and it, it took on a life of its own but um, and I mean major major players came to the table I at one point had uh well, I should probably not even say some some, okay. some big people some were big attached people. to it yes. for a while, <laughs> and um, you know, uh, my first contract was two years, and then an extension of six months, and then another company did it for another two years, and so you know, uh, time goes by. You do other projects, and um, I moved to St. Louis for love, and mm-hmm. uh, started from the beginning of finding my peers and doing little films, short films. And I always thought if I found the right partner, maybe I could uh, make the feature, but I'd have to do a short first. So the short is actually, after writing the feature, boiling down for the short, and then it's like an accordion. I kind of collapsed it, and then I pulled it back out, you know. (laughs) But I love that, because um, you have to make it very compact. Um, You know, everything flows, but I like that you you expanded on it. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you know, it, it it was definitely pretty hard because the the feature script was not written with a budget in mind, and it's always when I had producers look at it, everybody thought it was one of those you know small three to five million dollar films. Oh, small, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's not what we ended up with, and uh, you know I had to just keep chopping away and go, oh, okay, um, she doesn't ever have a car, and yeah. you know you just have to <laughs> whittle it down to. Right. How can you tell the story? Um, and, yeah, so hopefully hopefully we're effective. How does it feel knowing that this film is now done? Like, is it, 
is it fantastic? <laughs> You're laughing, but is it great? Like putting your life out there? Is it has been scary? What's it feel like? Um, to be honest, it is still very tense because even though so we just uh, for those who don't know, we just released the film a few weeks ago. We had a theatrical recent in L.A. for um, a week for ten screenings, and during that time, I'm I'm still the whole process has been. Uh, crowdfunding and <laughs> investors and yeah. constantly chasing money and grants and so I'm still I'm still in a position of like trying to like do the work of pushing it out there you know like I I would go to a screening and it'd be great to talk to people but I'd simultaneously know that I need to be hustling to get more people into the next screening you know so sure. yeah. um, right now for me it's about pushing it out there. We're on Amazon and Google Play and YouTube and all that stuff and, and trying to make sure I can capture the audience. And then mm. I will hopefully find some relief and be able to relax. I'm a little bit more relaxed than I've been for a number of years, <laughs> but I'm still pushing it um, just a little bit longer. And, uh, and hopefully that will uh, transition into new work soon. That's fantastic. I know. Do you feel like you, you're anxious you know, to work on new things? Do you already have new oh, things? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I have I have so many things that have been like, it, it, yeah, they, they're just, you know, calling to me, and I'm like, not yet, I can't. I, I mean, right. I, still, I still touch upon them, but I, you know, I can't invest myself completely fully until I know I've done everything I can with this. Because yeah. also I want to pay people back. I want to be able to make more films, and, you know, we have to make some money from it. So. Of course, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know you can't beat yourself up. I mean, I know I like to write. I wrote a feature. It's a comedy. And then I started writing uh, shorts. And, mm-hmm. you know, I would first I'd write them in a notebook. And then I would crank them out in final draft. And then I get busy with something else. I'm like, don't beat yourself up. You know, things do get done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So where yeah. can people find more about you and your film? Where, where can they find out more? Yes. Um, so we have a website, and that's www.parallelchords.com. Um, I'm obviously all throughout it as well, so they can find out a bit about me separately. Um, and it mentions how you can get the film on Amazon and Google Play and YouTube. And it's nice if you go to Facebook as well. We have a Facebook page and an Instagram page. And all these are places where, you know, even that, I'm still learning. I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> I, I need people to recommend my film. <laughs> How do they do that? And I I've instructed them. Like, I, I could recommend my own film, but that would look a little silly, exactly. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, is there another way? I mean, we're, we've got a Twitter and all that good stuff. But, uh, yeah. Any advice you'd give to people listening that are, you know, working on something they would like to get to where you are? Uh, be prepared for a much longer um, journey than you think. Mm-hmm. Um, I was even, I feel like I was very well prepared and had a good idea of how long it would take, and, and even my idea is, like, completely wrong, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, yeah, um, sure. if you get a great festival, maybe something magical will happen, but, I mean, it's so different now, and... Uh, you know, it depends on what you really want to do with your film. And if you're looking to eventually sell it and have an audience, then you're going to have to, 
even if you get really lucky and have somebody come on board and help you, um, you're still going to be the one um, pushing it because you're probably going to know who wants to see it. So right. um, there's a whole year after after release that, you know, I know I'm still going to be kind of cleaning up some details and making sure everything is out there, um, DVDs and, you know, uh, soundtrack and all that. Right. Yeah. The thing I always hear is you better love the project because it's going to be with you for a while. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I. It's weird with Parallel because people think, um, you know, I did this for this cathartic reason and maybe when I first wrote it I did, but it's more like um, just a, a true obligation and a sense of duty, you know? <laughs> right. Like, yes. I have a duty and I know so many filmmakers that when they finish their first film they're just ready to jump to the next one and if you can do that great but for me I I have a responsibility to make sure it does as best as it can so that you know when I do turn away from it that it's it's got its own life and I don't have to babysit it anymore yeah. you know. Well, we have to wrap up, but I want to thank you so much for calling in. This has been fantastic. Congratulations for all these accolades. You deserve it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And congratulations to you on your book. I can't wait to get it. Thank you so much. I'll let you know when I have another event coming up. Okay, fantastic. And I'll talk to you soon. Okay, Okay. take care. Bye-bye. That was director Catherine Dudley-Rose. We're talking about uh, her award-winning film, Parallel Chords. If you want to learn more about it, there's some info on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org, and her bio is on there as well. And our conversation will be up within an hour after I wrap, and I'm just about out of here. Sheldon Abbott is standing by with Cure for the Blues. Have a great Monday, everyone, and I'll be back next week. You are listening to KUCI 88.9. FM in Irvine.